0: it all to another exciting episode of the Broadway Bulletin. We have another fun-filled episode ahead, so let's dive right into it.
1: So, this week on Broadway, K-pop officially opened on the 27th of November.
0: Yes, they had their, like, Pomp and Circumstance quote opening last Sunday, the 20th. Um,
2: <laughs>
0: but they officially, officially, for is opened on the 27th, um, which is exciting. It's exciting. Uh, we're going to get more into that later in the show, but yay, K-pop's here. Um, along the lines of opening news, uh, Neil Diamond, or excuse me, a Beautiful Noise, the Neil Diamond musical will be opening on December 4th, starring Will Swenson. Um, and so that's also exciting, another great musical opening here on Broadway.
1: Yeah, Ain't No <clears throat> anyway. Mo uh, opens on December 1st.
0: This is a highly anticipated play, uh, history-making play, in fact, it's um, written by the youngest playwright ever to be on Broadway.
1: That's amazing. That's I'm very excited to see "Ain't No Mo" because it's. I mean, the premise is: what if we set all the, or what if all the, what if all the uh, the African Americans here in the U.S. got sent back to Africa or had a like a birthright trip back to Africa? Hmm. That's my understanding.
0: I I look forward to seeing. It. I think I see that this week, <clears throat> so I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, moving on to some just like. General theater community talk. Uh, Of course, here in the States, uh, last Thursday was Thanksgiving, our annual day of thanks. And along with that, we had performances at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Um, Full disclosure, we did not catch the performance by Six or Moulin Rouge on CBS, though I'm sure they were fantastic. Uh, One thing I like about CBS is that they filmed them at the theater, Mm -hmm. which is really cool. But we did tune into NBC's broadcast. Um, and we saw Funny Girl, Beautiful Noise, um, The Lion King, um, and And Some some Like 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 It Hot. Um, you know, Funny Girl opening the parade. First of all, I thought it was weird that Funny Girl was opening the parade because I'm like, wait, where's Al Roker? And they usually count it down and let's have a parade and they get all the feels. And I'm like, ah, right. Um, but. Uh, I guess Al Roker's been having some health issues, so he was absent from the parade, which was sad, and hopefully he gets well soon. Um, But I thought that was a clever use of the show uh, to open. Um, So, you know, Funny Girl was a great performance. I thought it was great to see The Lion King perform and celebrate 25 years on Broadway. Although I felt that the number, like, not in the theater and whatnot, it's kind of like... Oh, it's not
1: as impactful. Exactly.
0: I was like, oh, is this really the best number you could have done from the show? Well, but it's The Lion King. I mean, they probably could have just stood there and sang and it would have been impactful. I mean, it's The Lion King. Um, A Beautiful Noise was one of the better performer performances. And Will Swenson is killing that performance as Neil Diamond. Um, he I definitely
1: thought, sounds like him. Yeah,
0: and he looks like him even. Um and that ensemble behind him with the choreography, I love the, honestly, the body positivity that we saw in it. Yeah. Uh, and I like the choreography, and it was just, I was like, okay, this kind of looks like a fun show. And I am not a big Neil Diamond fan. Like, I am purely going so that I'm like, okay, I've gone, I've seen the show, I can inform our listeners, I can, I have witnessed the history of it, blah, blah, blah like, I've been here, right? hmm But now I'm actually starting to get excited about this. And, I mean, I was getting a little excited before hearing about what the, like, I didn't realize what a storied past neil diamond had mm-hmm. and so i was like oh well hold on a minute now now i'm really intrigued about this but <clears throat> seeing that performance i was like this looks cool although they did the song that i really hate i am sorry i'm not a sweet caroline fan sweet stop caroline. it right now if you're not a boston stop red sox that fan that. stop playing that song at your arena. arenas all i'm saying um And then of course we had some like a hot Mm -hmm. which i also thought was a great number uh if memory serves me right as i mentioned to you that's the song that they've been pushing on like their social media they show them in the recording studio doing um it sounds great um and having you tell me the story and some of the changes that they've made to the story and whatnot i was like amber ruffin has done a really great job with this book
1: Well, and also speaking of body positivity, I love the body positivity that we saw featured in Some Like It Hot.
0: Yeah, I I thought it was really (coughs) brilliant. Now, with that being said, um, you know, those were the performances picked. Were they the performances we thought should have been picked? And I'm going to come out in front and say absolutely not. Um, There are two shows in particular I thought got a huge snub from a performance in the parade. Um, and I think that's Anne Juliet and Kimberly Akimbo two of the hottest tickets on Broadway and they don't get on either network on either network Mm -hmm. Um, and neither show is something that's not appealing to audiences like it's not an offensive show in any light I can understand why Almost Famous may not have been invited it may not necessarily have values that can be portrayed in the parade let's say if that's a thing um, but I was just really agog that I was like, really? And Juliet wasn't picked. Look at all the musical guests you have in the parade. look at the musicals that you're putting on. Really? And then, like I said, Kimberly Akimbo, the hottest ticket on Broadway right now, a critics pick. They didn't get to come on and do a song. Wow. And all I could think is, who's really in charge of who gets to perform at the parade? Because if the Broadway League has anything to do with this, they can't turn and look at audience members and say we're dedicated to filling the theaters up again and really bringing back theater even stronger than it was before but then also turn around and put that lineup up because i'm sorry that math don't add up you you are not doing anything to attract the base to to broadway leah michelle sells tickets they didn't need a performance on the parade to do that Moulin Rouge is selling tickets. They don't need performances. You know what I mean? Like we should be using these opportunities in front of a national market to also show what else is coming or what else is playing to get audiences excited about stuff that's not on their social media feed. Right. So I was a little disappointed with the (laughs) choice of shows this year because I said, there's far better things that we could have put up there and really use that platform to get audiences excited for not just the holidays, but after, for the spring, when we see the dip in ticket sales. To make sure that these shows don't pack up and leave. And then when these these school groups and these tour groups, when the tours come in the summer, we don't have only half the theaters full of shows. Mm-hmm. But that's my soapbox. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. It is what it is. I don't. They don't pay me to pick the shows.
1: That <laughs> we can tell.
0: <laughs> but let's go into some show chatter.
1: So... Agatha Christie's Mousetrap will transfer from the West End, where it is currently the world's longest-running play, mm-hmm. to Broadway in 2023. They've
0: not announced the house yet for that, but it's coming uh, over from uh, from the West End to to Broadway.
1: Didn't they say it was coming to the Nederlander?
0: No, they haven't said what theater it's going to be at yet. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There is
1: something then planned at the Nederlander
0: i be, uh shucked is going to the shucked, needle
1: is, going to the needle shucked is going
0: to the shucked is <laughs> going to the niederlander yes 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 i feel the mousetrap if you're asking me for like my you know my my predictions i think it's gonna land at the lyceum possibly okay uh, the lyceum would be a good fit for a show like that i think it could end up at the hudson
1: Ooh, what about the james earl jones possibly um, because uh
0: only uh ohio Ohio state murders is is a limited engagement right so it could end up there could end up at the marquee still empty um but i i my gut tells me it's probably gonna end up at the lyceum something just tells me it's the lyceum i don't know why yeah um along with that uh, kind of news an exciting bit that i i when i saw this come across my news feed i got uber excited because I love her Jinx Monsoon will make her Broadway debut uh, in Chicago as Matron Mama Morton I mean I, I look I saw Chicago or we saw Chicago last year and it's like one of those like you know you go once a year pay your penance kind of thing You know, I mean? not not pay your penance but you know what I mean like yeah. you gotta go at least once every couple of years kind of thing I would buy a ticket to Chicago to see Jinx Monsoon as Matron Mama Morton I adore Jinx Monsoon, and I want to see what she can do with this role. So I, it might be time to go back to the Ambassador Theater.
1: Right. Um, also, something that uh, I wanted to let people know of, there is rumor of a revival of, the, of A Doll's House.
0: Yes, a Doll's House is confirmed for next spring. It'll be starring Jessica Chastain. They haven't announced a theater yet. I thought it was the Golden but I think that's where Prima Facie is going to be at. So I think it so. might be at the Schoenfeld because <clears throat> Take Me Out's only a limited No, no, no. The Life of Pi is going to the Schoenfeld.
1: Mm-hmm. So this
0: might be another that might be at the Earl Jones. That would be Or
1: a... it could be the first one in the Majestic.
0: I'm still on a lot of A lot of people who I've spoken with were all on the same page of the Phantom of the Opera is going to, quote, close like it did in London. And they're going to revamp it and just really cheapen it up the way they did in London and then reopen it in a few months. Nobody I've spoken to has sold that Phantom is going to close for good. And whether we're in denial of it or what, it's just like, I don't understand why this. Like, it doesn't make sense why the Phantom of the Opera is closing. But I mean, we'll see. I don't think that, that The Phantom or A Doll's House... Let me back up. I don't think they're going to put a play in The Majestic. It's, Schubert, it's the Schubert organization's largest house. And with it being the largest house, the biggest way to make money is going to be with a musical. Unless you have like a, a super A-list talent... That will guarantee a right, sold-out unless,
1: crowd. unless uh, Betty White and Robin Williams are rising from the dead.
0: Right. I mean, you know, um, and, and plays are hard to sell out. You know, they'll, mm. they'll fill out good, but plays are hard to sell out if you don't have that A-plus talent or if you don't have, you know, a, a gripping, like, oh, my gosh, you've got to go see the show kind of thing. Musicals are, are going to go to those bigger houses. And so I'd be interested to see what musical they might put there. But... We will find out soon where A House is gonna land. Um, in about a, about six weeks, we've got many shows closing and that's when we're gonna start to hear the openings of where some of these shows in Limbo are gonna land. So it's getting exciting. Um, and speaking of shows, um, let's talk about a couple of shows that we've, we've seen. Um, starting with uh, I Attended K-Pop on Tuesday.
1: Oh, that's right. So you technically attended before opening.
0: I did. And so this is my thing about K-pop. First of all, if you're coming to New York and you like K-pop music, there are ample amount of tickets. I was very saddened to see that the show was only about 65% sold the night I went. And I thought, maybe it's the holidays. I don't know. But I was surprised and I thought, it can't be a bad show, though. It's been getting marketed really well. And... Uh, the performance I saw on Good Morning America was really solid. And listen, I am not the whole K-pop, Asian invasion, whatever came like with the Pokemon and the Dragon Ball Z and like all of that culture stuff that came over in the 90s and the 2000s. I didn't get on that wave. So all of this is like kind of new to me. And I want to know more about it. Like I left the show and I was like these songs are in my head. I want to know more about this this part this culture. You know. This is, it was so good. Um, and what I liked is it's a behind the scenes story but also in the moment story. Which is really really cool. At first I had some issues with the book. And I was like oh man. And I thought maybe this isn't quite there yet. This is something that the show doesn't hit you quite out the gate smack in the face it takes a little bit it it wear not wears you down but it gets you comfortable and then it starts to ease you in and you're like uh, oh oh and then you're in it and that was really smart and especially the second act when things really got vulnerable and out in the open i was like oh my gosh yeah this is really good um and well i guess there wasn't a second act it, it was her a second? Yeah, there was yeah, a, there second, was a act. second act. Yeah, there was a second I had to think about that there for a minute. I was like, was there a second act? There was. Um, but the design was incredible. The performances were incredible. Uh, I'd go see the show again. I really would. And I, in fact, I plan to. So K-pop was a win for me. And speaking of wins, on my birthday, I got to see one of my new favorite shows, easily my new favorite show, uh, Kimberly Akimbo. And they have done a, brilliant job of transferring it from the Atlantic Theater Company to Broadway. It's literally like what we saw at the Linda Gross Theater, just on a bigger stage. They've added a little bit into songs here and there.
3: Mm-hmm. Some some
0: new lyrics, you know, a little bit longer music. Um, the biggest difference is really in orchestrations and the fact that the, the, the show choir,
1: mm-hmm.
0: who act kind of like the Greek chorus, if you will, um, they're more present on stage as like, with their core, there's more choreography and movement from them. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, they kept things pretty much the same, and it works so brilliantly, and it's so well done. Um, and everyone was just loving it, and I've just heard that show's name on everyone's lips, mm-hmm. going everywhere. And I'm so happy because this show really was so amazing the first time I saw it, and even seeing it now, I was like,
1: "Well, that's we don't see off Broadway shows multiple times, but." You did with Kimberly at Kimberly. Oh,
0: the, your mom's first trip out here. I was like, Karen, you got to come, you got to see this. Trust me, you're going to love this. And she did. And when she comes back out here again, we're going to go see it on Broadway. And I'm going to be like, yeah, you know, you've seen it in the first stage. Now come see it in this way. Uh, I also supported Broadway Cares, Equity Fights, AIDS because it's Red Bucket season. Um, mm-hmm. I bought a playbill um, from them, a signed playbill. And because I'm not stage joined right now, of course, most actors aren't either because of COVID, but it's. Everyone in the cast signed it. There's a lot of Broadway debuts, and this is just like I said, one of my this this is my current this currently is my favorite show playing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, this is my birthday gift to me. You know, Victoria Clark's. I got her signature right there. Bonnie Milligan's right there. Uh, Justin Cooley's on it, and I was like, cool. I have an autographed playbill. How cool is that?
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: I got to give to a wonderful organization. So, and then rounding out some show chatter, some shows that we sell. Um, I saw just the iconic, the best way to start the season here. The Radio City Christmas Spectacular starring the Rockettes. And New York at Christmas. It, I <laughs> love that show. I get all wispy-eyed at the show and it's so What does wonder-
1: wispy-eyed look like?
0: Come to the show and you'll see. <laughs> I couldn't find anyone to take my second ticket. I was so bummed. Um, but it was the day and the night before Thanksgiving. So I couldn't be mad at anyone. I was like, well, what did I expect? But my coat had a lovely seat. Um, <laughs> but it was so beautiful. And they added these flying fairies to the show. And those dancers are incredible. And the singers. And I just, it's my favorite way to start the holiday season. And now that we live here, this is the second year in a row that we've gotten to go to the show the night before Thanksgiving to kick off the holiday season. And it's just, it's a tradition now, you know, so it, I love that venue. It's so beautiful. And that show is great. So, oh, so many shows are just come here and see, like, come, let's, let's have a parade of shows. Come to New York, (laughs) come to New York and let's get on with the show as Nathan Lane said. Um, yeah and then i I mean really rounding out this this portion of the episode i think the only thing left to really say is as you are listening our dear dear friends uh this episode is being released on tuesday november 29th which happens to also be giving tuesday uh we've had black friday we've had small business saturday cyber monday well now we're on giving tuesday and we would it would mean the world to us if you are in a position to to please, please head on over to patreon.com slash sage whisper pod and please give any amount that you're able to. We've now added two other uh amounts that you're able to sign up for. They're called our tips. Uh one dollar and two dollars. You can just send us a monthly tip if you'd like of just those amounts and they go a long way. But with it being giving Tuesday, we would just so appreciate and love anything you're able to help us out with.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, every little bit helps.
0: Yeah, especially as we head into the holiday season and we start to look ahead at 2023 and the list is starting to be made of shows that we have to start covering in that and the equipment that's needed and the the staff that's needed to take our show. I mean, we just hit 5,000 followers on mm-hmm. Instagram. It's, over five, it's almost at 5,100. I mean, I can't believe how much this has taken off and it's to people who are out there listening right now and I can't we're at a dining room table recording this isn't real life I can't believe that but if you're in a position to and mean the world if you could help us out um, and if you choose not to or if you would not like to we also would encourage you to give to any number of great Uh, organizations out there. Um, The Actors... or No, the Artist Fund.
1: The Entertainment
0: Fund. The Entertainment Fund.
1: Entertainment Community Fund.
0: That's the one. Uh, Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS. Support your local humane society. Let's, you know, help out those... Our fur friends. Um, You know, give to... um, Anyone,
1: if you're even if you see someone who's maybe on the street and is in need, that's the know. best part
0: of the season. Just, yeah, just, just help. helping each other out. We have been through a lot these last couple of years,
1: right? So let's, let's really come make together this season about helping
0: each other out. Absolutely, you know. Um, as we always keep saying, our mission statement: money, pardon the expression, is a lot like manure. It's useless unless it's spread around to help young things grow. Let's spread some money around this holiday season and really help each other out and. And see what 2023 holds. So with that, we have a really great second half of the show for you because we've got another great uh, new Whisper in the Wings. But this is you're gonna love this. Don't 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 switch off. Don't don't fast forward, trust me. Because we sat down, or I sat down with Diana Yanez, Maria Russell, Sandra Valls, and Jeffrey Rivas. Who are the writers, creators, performers, and director of this incredible show coming to New York called Latina Christmas Special. It's being being performed at the Soho Playhouse. And this group of characters was (laughs) so much fun to talk to. I can't... Editing this interview was just so much because I was like, I want to keep everything. They're hilarious. These are three hilarious women and a hilarious guy who's directing them. It's incredible. So... Get excited for that. We've got that coming up right now. Um, and with that, please enjoy this Whisper in the Wings with Latina Christmas special. Welcome in, listeners, to a fun-filled, exciting episode of Whisper in the Wings. We have a great lineup for you today. Joining us, we have uh, several of the members involved with Latina Christmas Special, which is playing December 7th through the 11th at Soho Playhouse. Uh, We have Diana Yanez, who is the creator, writer, and performer, Maria Russell, who is the writer, Sandra Valls, who's also another writer, and Jeffrey Rivas, who is the director, welcome welcome everyone thank you so much for joining us today on whisper in the wings from stage whisper
4: hi hi So hi. thanks for having us andrew hey and uh, so just so you know these two guys unfortunately no fortunately i get to share the stage with them we are all performers
0: the three of three oh us- i apologize i knew i forgot to write something else in there as well <laughs> so we've got three writers three performers and a director this is going to be great oh This really is gonna be great because I read the description of the show and I was, I was sold. I mean, I was already sold on just the title, you know, Latina I specials like done, what else? You know, um, (laughs) reading just the description really had me going. I was like, this is fantastic. So why don't I start uh, with you, Diana? Why don't you tell us a little bit about the show?
4: Well, um, it's about three women in front of you who um, get together, they have a get-together, a little Christmas get-together. And as they're drinking tequila and having fun, one by one, they each tell their own personal remembrances and stories of Christmas. Uh, The inspiration was that uh, I watched a lot of um, specials growing up, Christmas specials, and I never saw anyone that looked like me. And uh, I often... So, well, I saw Jose Feliciano, but, you know, he was blind, which I didn't understand, you know, at the time when I was a child. You, you didn't died... understand
5: blindness? <laughs> no, I was a child. <laughs> you didn't understand that some people can't speak. Anyway, you got me totally distracted <laughs> with Why is he wearing sunglasses?
4: <laughs> well, anyway. Um Watch these specials, never saw anyone that that I could relate to. And we have such great stories. And it's really an American story in the sense that we, the generation that come from immigrants, regardless of whether you're Latino or or not, um, we ride the edge between both cultures. We are American, but we're also whatever our parents are. And it's about that that feeling of not fitting in and... um, being peculiar let's say and then realizing that oh no we're all like this we all have dramas and and high stakes uh stories to tell about christmas
0: yes and now maria as one of the writers how did you come up with that like come up with the idea of the story where did your part of the story come from
2: it was well for we're going back to the beginning
5: oh god Uh, get ready
2: it was the 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 the, the, it was a process because diana had told us just to start you know because nothing was like definitive set in stone of what it was going to be so we just you know i start you know just writing and kind of like this nucleus of stories or things that happened and all that but it was um to put everything together Oh my God, it was a, it was, there was a lot of tears, (laughs) a lot of tears, but a lot of laughter and a lot of beautiful memories to go back and go like, oh my God, I remember this or, you know, this experience or, um, or, oh God, I don't want to talk about this, you know, very personal. Cause this is very, these are true stories. This is, you know, we're sharing with you a glimpse into our lives. So, um, so it was, um, it was scary too but the response of you know of the of the people that came to see was honestly did not expected to be quite honest it was really just quite amazing the first year we did it we did a handful of shows sold out the next year we upped it and sold out that show so it just kept going and becoming what it is today so it's really quite amazing Um, And that people, this is part of their tradition. You know, we have people that fly out to New York to see us. Um, This is the second time. So it's really, um, it's quite humbling.
0: Yeah, Sandra, how about you? Uh, You're also another writer. What was it like writing your part of the show?
5: I had just been through a, a really horrible divorce breakup. Like I was down in the dumps. And Diana was like, and it was in October. And Diana was like, Kuka, she calls me Kuka. let's write something come on let's be creative i'm like what i feel like i can't even shower i'm so depressed but (laughs) she was like come on i have a theater talk about christmas and i'm like what that's like a huge topic christmas what do you mean and so i too like maria was like well you know how has christmas because christmas is huge for people like you can't do this it's christmas like how can you you know it's so emotional. It's. I think the, the the older we get, it's not just about, you know, toys and, and all that. It's about, wow, our parents are getting older. Uh, We're getting older. What have we done with our life kind of thing. <laughs> and so <laughs> I was writing my mom. Uh, I was my mom's caregiver and I won't give the show away, but it became, you know, as you get older, you become your parents' caregiver. And so Christmas has changed throughout the years. And so I grew up in the 70s, a queer kid in Laredo, Texas. I mean, Catholic, Mexican, that was, Christmases were a little, you know, I wanted boy toys, not girl toys. But, you know, so I wrote, we wrote like all these this mm-hmm. big monologue and then we had to cut it down like, I mean, Farrah Fawcett toys, the Sunshine Family, the Barbie Country Camper, all these things that we wanted from Santa, we are we put in the show, things that mean something to us. Christmas is so magical even now for me. And so when Jeff came, we fleshed out the emotional parts that Maria and I didn't want to talk about because it was tough. And so Jeff was like, no, the more personal you are, the more universal it is. And he was right. See, I give you credit. And um, people come every year as a tradition, year after year after year. It's like It's like watching Rudolph when we were growing up. People come to our show. Mm -hmm. Um, They they dress up. They dress up. They come to our show. Um, We are entertaining and healing people at the same time. It's really amazing. We really are. It's a healing. It is such a, it's still for us. We find new things. Uh, It's a a beautiful thing we've created together. Mm -hmm. Of course, you know, there's been so much that we poured in, so much, that we are so happy to share it every year, as much as we can.
0: Jeffrey, I want to bring you in at this point and ask, what was it like developing the show?
3: Uh, The show, okay, so- uh, Be nice. The show had been- (laughs) I I met Maria on the set of CSI Vegas show. uh, And that's how we became friends. And then we started uh, supporting each other in our local theater community here in LA. And she had invited me to come see the show called Latina Christmas Special. And it was their second uh, year that they were mm-hmm. in the second year, the first year you guys only did how many shows? Five? Like three. three. No, it was
4: like two. Yeah, three, right? Three shows. Two we or did three shows. And then the
3: second time they did nine. Two, no two no. weeks. Two no. weeks of shows. I
4: can't remember. Maybe it was six shows. Eh. it wasn't that much. We basically doubled it.
3: And so I, I came uh, second and closing night. Um my wife and I fell in love with it. He cried. Uh, uh I cried. Uh my uh, I brought my fellow company member the second the on closing night uh and convinced my theater company to allow me to and I well first first I had to ask these ladies because I said, Wow, well, who who's who's your director? And they said they didn't have one that they we were self-directed. We, yeah. We
2: directed oh, yes. <laughs> oh yeah, big mistake. Big mistake huge. Man. I mean
3: huge <laughs> mistake. Oh. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I, I I gave them a proposal. I said, Well, if you uh are willing to, you know, reconstruct and create more of a, a structure to this piece, uh, I'd be happy to work with you guys and develop it further and see if we couldn't do it here at the Los Angeles Theater Center. Luckily, my hat, my name was drawn out of the hat. I got, I got selected to be their director. And uh, it's been uh, about seven years of herding cats. Is
5: That's herding uh, them.
3: Hurting 30, 30, not 13. Thirty. She's still
2: saying I. Wow. Hey. <laughs> uh,
3: and and again, uh, to, to dovetail on what Sandra said is that mm-hmm. I, I felt that the show was amazing the first time I saw it, but I felt like they were just scratching the surface on, on some of the topics that they were talking about. So, uh, you know, I said, let's go deeper. Let's go, you know, go to the places where you are really raw on stage and you'll be surprised how many people, you know, identify and are not judging you, but they're seeing either themselves or someone that they know and uh, that the process that you've gone through. Because again, universally, we're, we've all, we're all are experiencing the same things, just in different, uh, you know, minutiae ways that we're we're doing it. So uh, it, when they opened up, the play became even um, more accessible, I think, to our audience. Mm-hmm.
4: It's hard. Yeah, I would say, I would also add to that, that, um, we, uh, Mar- uh, Sandra and I are uh, comedians, stand-up comedians as well, and M- Maria had just started doing stand-up. So mm, comedy, yeah, I did. It was it, a class. You were good. We were good. Yeah. It was yeah. a monologue in a comedy show. The Funny, night.
5: but it was. Yes. Oh, so did you go to? Oh, okay. No, so no, anyway, I was, oh yeah, you were there. It was
4: okay. So anyway, we. This is what it's like directing us, too.
2: No, <laughs> it's, 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 it's not that, okay? what it's like. It's this, Andrew.
4: Got it? So, what was it? <laughs> so I was going to say that when Jeff came along and helped us uh put more structure uh, around it and also asked us to dig deeper, comedy comes, I think, easily to the three of us. And I think yeah. that... um that is all the bright colors and the joy and i think that that's what draws people but the colors are brighter uh like a stained glass uh window by the dark the dark truths of life you know how the poetic i but well, i've always thought of it that way so if you
5: ever tell us that
4: well i just
0: <laughs> that's beautiful no that's that's a really good point because you need both that's how they they really just bring out the you, Nobody wants to see a three-hour ha, ha, ha If you add in that drama, that angst, it really makes the other shine through a lot more because you've got something to counteract it with.
4: Correct. Yeah. And I, I just think that that's the beauty of storytelling. I I did a one-woman show before this, and I was... Uh, one-person one shows are some of my favorites. I, I love to see uh, one-person shows because they often have the whole banana or whatever the whole whopper whatever you want to call it. They have the whole thing in, not just the funny, but the real the personal and um, yeah, I think that that's what we've created with uh, Jeff's help.
3: And also Andrew just to, I want to go back on Deanna, on the first question you asked Diana, you know, it was also that from her not seeing herself on stage. Yeah. Was an impetus to say, I got. How do we see our stories? You know, as people of color, mm-hmm. that's always the issue. You know, you go to the theater and it's mostly, you know, Anglo Saxons, white. You know, Arthur Miller, white. Not, you know, it, it, you know. So where do we see ourselves? Who's doing our plays? So it, this is this is what happens. And and luckily, you know, they hit lightning in a bottle with the show
5: because it is very funny. It's it's real. We are very funny. We we are like sisters. We laugh. We fight we pick on each other and like a lot like we are just comadres you know i mean we just get along and of course in telling stories you're throwing some jokes in there and it's really it's funny but it's real and raw And like you know like diana said while we're laughing then you know some truths come out that are you know not so happy but it's life and how are you going to look at the glass half full instead of half empty? How do we navigate the world being Latinas, people of color mm-hmm. now yeah. in, in, in our adulthood? And it's, I I never get bored of it and I've not been doing it forever. They still make me laugh when I yeah, watch their monologue. I, laugh I still know. laugh at each
2: other. After six, 80 so. million times. After so
5: many times I, I still know. laugh. I still cry. I still like tear yeah. up when they tell their personal stories. You yeah, know? It's amazing. And
2: also the beauty of this show is that everyone relates to something. Everybody, it doesn't matter, male, female, white, black. It doesn't, yeah, it, a child, adult, gay, everybody straight, relates. Whatever. Yeah. Yes, and everybody just goes, oh my God, I related to you, to you, to you. Oh my, this, ha-. so it's really- Because
4: it's a human it's, story.
2: It is a human story. It's and human it's story. It, that's the beauty of this show, mm-hmm. you know, that we're able to touch people within their souls and within their themselves.
5: We are inclusive. It, you know, when so mm-hmm. when you say Latina Christmas special, yeah, we're not excluding, we're including yeah. ourselves right. in the story of the world. And so we include, I mean, everybody has a mom. Everybody has gone through some tough to, times. That's all right. you need to have
4: yeah. in order to relate to the show. You just have to have had a parent at some yeah. point are, in your life. You and know, then you will you will you will understand. And it's a, a very theme. common thing that people tell us after the show. A lot of people that are not Latino, they come to the show, will say, you know, wow, I didn't realize how Latino my family was. Like, you mm-hmm. know, I- I've had Chinese American friends say that, Jewish American friends, white everyone, mm-hmm. because they realize, oh, and this is I think the big lesson of our show and what I want the world to get is that we're not so different. We're not so different. Mm-hmm. We are human beings struggling with all the same things, with the same joys and the same sadnesses that challenges that, that happen in life. Yeah. So we just happen to put it together in a theatrical way
5: and fun, where there's laughter, mm-hmm. there's dancing, there's music and there's singing, there's and singing, drama and drama and drama and, and, and drama. craziness. <laughs> Tequila, of course. Of course. PG thirteen. BG thirteen.
0: you guys have kind of touched on this a little, but I I thought I'd ask anyway, is there a message or a thought that you're hoping the audience takes away from the show?
4: I would say the biggest one is gratitude. Gratitude for whatever situation you've been born into. I think that would be
5: one of the major themes. I'm going to add to that and say, live your life. Your life is your own. It's what you make of it it's how do you want to see how do you want to navigate the world with the skills and cards you've been dealt if you want to put it that way how is your perception of life do you want to look at it like half full or half mm-hmm, empty mm-hmm. be grateful but but how do you want to live your life and make the best you know we in buddhism we say poison into medicine how are you going to change that poison into medicine daily repeatedly you have choices
0: who do you hope have access to the show
3: everyone uh there's no one target because the the gamut from uh for example we were in rehearsal one year and a uh, all female high school was on a tour downtown and they came into our building i said oh you can watch our rehearsal um, but you just have to be quiet, and uh, I'll let you know when you can leave. And it happens that Maria was doing her her piece at that time, and as she finished, and they were leaving, two of these young girls, you know, broke down because they identified with Maria's story so strongly that they were in tears. And to, I think still to this day, she still yeah. communicates to them. Yeah, we're still friends on Instagram. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, so so you know, and that, that was just at a rehearsal. And then we've had you know multiple shows where people you know who there's three generations that come you know you have the grandparents the parents and then their kids and they all relate and on a different level because they're all seeing it through the lenses of being with their with their parents so uh, you know we, we don't I I think our our audience is is just anyone who who enjoys theater and good storytelling.
4: There's no limits. Mm-hmm.
3: I love that. And, yeah. and you know, the thing is, is to to get to get people who aren't maybe theater goers or you know oh, a yes. lower spectrum. To uh, we try to you know well, they were here at the Los Angeles Theater, try to discount tickets so we get those people and okay. to see theater and to be able to see themselves on stage or their family stories on stage.
4: Yeah, we've had people say. Uh, that they had no idea that theater could be like this. Yeah. That it was just, their first show. First and they're like, show. oh my god, this is a lot of best first
2: show.
4: Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: like a kind of show that can boring. easily let you let your guard down and and easily let you just get consumed by it. And then the next thing you find yourself, like you you've all been mentioning, connecting and really identifying with someone's story and being like, Oh my gosh, wait, what? You know. So I love that that you guys have that ability to just diffuse the audiences. I guess I'll say it again, to diffuse their guard, to diffuse their, you know, their their suspicions, I guess, or their, you know. Their
3: preconceived notions of what
0: they think it is.
5: Yeah. Because because they are personal, they're real, true stories. Like when I'm telling my, we're telling our stories, that is us, we're playing ourselves. Plus, like I said, there's music, there's multimedia, we have slides in the back. It's not like just talky talk, talk, play. Mm-hmm. When I hear the word play, I also kind of go, uh, I, don't know. I love
4: play. I know
5: that you're very, you're like the one. I'm very theatery. I'm That's not how, saying that I, I got plays. these i I'm saying that when you hear a play, I kind of go in like, yeah. I don't know, it's going to be like, and I can't deal with not inauthentic. There's so much out there and you know it. I know you're trying to be positive, but you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Oh, you, <laughs> yeah, Andrew. No, I, Andrew, Andres Cortez knows what I'm saying. <laughs> I think, I think also, uh, also, th- make it fun. Well, mm-hmm. the quality to my
4: the, what I, my experience is, and I'm going to give props to New York. The quality of theater in New York is outstanding, and uh, I I feel that uh, there is really great theater. New York is a small place in this big country, so I think there's a lot of unfortunately. Um, theater that isn't as good. And that's what that's what affects people's perception. Of I
5: will add to that. You're absolutely right. I was more referring to like when p- people in LA don't really go to theater. right? And the fact that we sold out how many? 22 show in LA. Oh, every, I'm referring year. To. Every, every year. Every year we, we sell out in LA. Every year. We have sold out. We've also actually almost sold out in New yes. York. Um, but what I'm referring to is like, it's harder to sell out here in Los Angeles. But the point is because our show is so... diverse and universal Mm -hmm. and fun and like i said music slides multimedia are true stories laughing 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 while people are laughing you sneak in a little bit of healing and and Mm -hmm. education in there when their guard is down laughing yeah
2: and we take them on a roller coaster ride of emotions so it's it's almost like this cathartic sense of feeling at the end where you're like oh my God, I feel so good. I feel this. You're We, we kind of open you up. That's right. You know? And it's I'm, really you know, euphoric. We're not,
4: like, woo. we're not proud of this show at all. Like, <laughs> at <laughs> all. We're very insecure. <laughs> like,
2: super. Super. I was
0: going to say, the one thing I've loved about theater since its return, and I, I mentioned it to my mom because we went to a show uh, when she was here back in the summer and, and it caught her off guard a little because I, I know what you're talking about, Sandra. Um, the audience was was v- being very vocal and responding to the actors on stage, and she's like, "Oh man, like this is kind of an inappropriate audience." And I was like, "No, no, 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 mom, no, yeah, this is what's supposed to happen. The cast yeah. needs to hear you out there. We need to, we need to be react. If you feel the urge, don't force it. But like, if you're honestly disgusted by something someone says, or you agree." let a little mm or like a uh-huh, you know, let them hear it because it's live. We're in the room together. It's awkward. The fourth wall only exists if we allow it to exist. But let's be real, it's invisibles. And especially when you get to off and off Broadway theaters, when we are all that close, come on. It's like, you know, it's the elephant in the room. We're, we, we can only agree so much that you can't see me or you can't hear me. And when something happens to a point where I can't ignore, you can't ignore my reaction. So if someone's gonna throw a racial slur out or tell a really funny joke, I'm not gonna hide my reaction and be like, oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't be making that. No, I'm gonna let you know. And that's gonna also possibly drive your performance or add to it. That's the point of theater. If we, if we didn't want to engage each other in a dialogue, we'd just watch TV. Or a film.
5: I, mm-hmm. We we do a little song and the guy's like, Oh no way, no way. He was in the front row. We always laugh because we do, should I say what I'm saying? Yeah. So we dance to sex shooter, like a little snippet of By sex Apollonia and six like, princess. <laughs> so we anyway. So Maria is the center doing her thing, and I won't give the show away, but there was this man in the front row, Maria. Maria does his like, imitation. Oh no way, oh no way, sex
2: shooter. So it was like his jam.
5: That was his dad. And jam. it was hilarious because he said
2: it, it was so.
5: He was so loud. Oh, no way. Sex shooter. Oh, no way.
2: Oh, hilarious. Oh, yeah. We get talkbacks.
5: But the it, audience in New York talks to us a lot. Oh, my God. The audience it, in New York. Was like, where you got I wasn't expecting I was like, I'm like, what? I know. It was, it's like a, it's, it was so it's our different. It was like longer different. because of the talking. Yeah. It was They're fun, the though. one
0: cast member whose bio is not in the program. say I usually leave the introduction of this part of the interview by saying I want to give our audience member a chance to get to know you more but we've been already doing that which is fantastic. My favorite
5: color is
2: blue minus uh, pink and black. I like
0: burnt orange. Ew. Ew. Burnt Seattle. No I'm kidding. Um agenda. what shows in the past or uh what shows composers or playwrights in the past have inspired you or do you love? And Diana, why don't I start with you on that question?
4: Gosh, I've seen a lot of, a lot of great theater. Oh my God, such great theater. Um, well, first of all, let me say what inspired me about one-person shows. I was a young woman, maybe still a kid, when I saw Whoopi Goldberg's one-person show on HBO. There you go. I think that was closely followed by, I saw a film of Lily Tomlin's Signs of Intelligent Life. yes. In the- and then I saw John Legu- Leguizamo's um, shows um, on HBO or Showtime. I can't remember what channel it was on because I, I lived in Miami. We didn't really have theater. And I remember when I saw John's show, it so inspired me because I thought, oh, there's my stories and they're fantastic. They're really I really, I had, you know, belly laughs and also was so moved by his experience. Now, he's a completely different person, different, air, born from a different area, different heritage. But th- what I learned from all three of them was that human stories are human stories. And when they're told artfully and well-written and well, well-performed, well they are they are golden. So I was very moved by those things growing up. Um, I've seen a lot of great theater in New York recently and off Broadway. I saw, um, well, I love Kiki and Herb. Hello, (laughs) but I saw, um, I saw, uh, Oh God, what's the name of that show? Um, hang on, hang on. It's, it's right on the tip of my tongue. It's on Broadway right now. And it's an African-American young writer. And it's about his process of writing. It's called, Oh gosh. I'm drawing I'm drawing a blank. A strange oh, loop. That's it, Strange Loop. Okay, so I saw that off Broadway. I thought it was fantastic.
0: Yes. I mean
4: it's fantastic. And then I saw its evolution to Broadway. And I just I mean that's someone who took something personal and made something out of it. And he took I think 10 years <gasps> developing it. Wow. So um when we start complaining about how long it's been for us it's it's a process, and that process, just like now, let me just say this about us: it evolves every year. Mm-hmm. Every year it evolves. Every year it's sharper. Every year we find new things to to touch and turn. And and Jeff is constantly polishing mm-hmm. the beauty of our work. So I, I I think that I think
5: that's really cool.
0: Sandra, how about you? Well, yes, I
5: I grew up. Dane and I are this almost the same age. Give it a year apart. Mm-hmm. And so for me, yeah, when I saw Whoopi Goldberg on HBO, but for me, Ben Midler was a huge, huge influence because i i I'm a singer first. And I mean, I singer actor, but I sang and I'm just like, and I'm a comic. and I'm like, I want to do what she's doing. And it's like funny, but she's serious and then she's funny and then she's serious and then she goes into a beautiful song. And then I also saw John Leguizamo, who was amazing. but to me, uh, my friends who have done this, Tina DeLia, who is in San Francisco right now, she I met her in the 90s in Boston and she moved. She does one person shows. She just did the Rita Hayworth of this generation. She her new show is Overlooked Latinas, and it's just her being brilliant. I am forever inspired by, by my friends and what they do too, you know, closer to home. Um, my I love Sondheim. I I majored in musical theater. I, I love musicals. I love good musicals. Let me just say, cause not all... <laughs> I mean, I'm just being real. You're like another song. Oh, thanks. But I love, I mean, stand up comedy to me, it's, it's the only difference is it's, I have a mic. It's still telling my story. It's still telling you about my life. It's still writing, writing and writing and tweaking and tweaking. And I'm also a singer. So in this show we do both. And so for me, singing is also telling a story. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm constantly being influenced and inspired by, by, by my friends, by people I see. Um, what's the last musical? I don't know, the last um, Broadway show I saw. I don't remember. It's been a while, but I'm constantly inspired by, like I said, by my friends, by people. Maria, how about you?
2: My favorite playwright is Eva Russell. That would be my mother. she writes dramas (laughs) I can't make up I couldn't make up more than half of the things that comes out of my mom's mouth so she's really even when I for work uh in, in in tv or my characters that I develop um or that are already developed for me I'm like oh my god this is my mom like you know I I get so much inspiration from my mother. Um, and as a child, I my I so I'm like, I want to go see a chorus line. And I always gravitated towards the sexy girls. I'm like, oh, that's what I yeah, me too. And asked. <laughs> yeah, I'm like when I was a little girl, I like that's what I gravitated towards. The very sexy or like the very like, you know, hardcore. I'm gonna kick your ass. I love like those, you know, hard nosed characters. Yeah, so and that's kind of who I am. I'm a Gemini, I am this and that, that's up true. and down, all over, very kind of crazy. Sharp, witty, and charming. I get bored at parties anyway. So, um, but my favorite Broadway show that I, um, the last one I saw and I loved it so much was Beetlejuice. Yes, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. One of my favorite movies. I'm a horror fan, not a horror fan, but horror fan. What? But I love Beetlejuice. It was so good.
0: So, so good. Great version. They did a great job with that music. Yes. Yes. Jeffrey, how about you? I'll share this with you. That that in
3: 1984, I was a student at UCLA. And that's when the Olympics were here uh, in LA. Mm-hmm. And to and they used the campus for uh, all, all, a lot of the visiting uh, countries. So I got to see the national... Um, company of Japan, uh, Poland, and Italy, and their shows were were so amazing, and it's like, that's what I wanted to do, to have that opportunity. I mean, these people get to eat, sleep, drink theater, because that's, they're a national company, and I I wish that the United States would have a national company, um, which would be amazing, which would be, which would be amazing, Um, but that just seeing those shows because the, the it's funny is this that same year I'd gone up to Berkeley and they they did a version of kabuki Medea what and then and then I saw the national uh, theater company of Japan do theirs and it made Berkeley look like a children's production in comparison I mean there was a lot of similarities but just to, I mean, the quality when I thought, Oh man, that was a good show at Berkeley. That was pretty cool. But then to see in comparison, what a national tour, a touring company is, it just blew me away and said, you know, that's what I want to do is to create that kind of experience for audiences, whether I'm on stage or, or, or directing on stage.
0: Well, I want to ask my favorite question to ask guests, which is, what is your favorite theater memory? Mm. And I'd like to start with, can I start with Maria? Is that okay?
2: Well, for me personally, the one that sticks out the most, um, and um and chef touched on it a little bit was I um, the year, I think it was year three, where Jeff wanted me to go a little bit deeper within the theme of being bullied. And I was like, even the thought of it, I'd be like, I'd start crying, like, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. If I can't do it with you guys just here, I, how am I going to say this to an audience? How am I going to share this? There's no way. So then the following year, I had the courage to expose it, to say it out loud to an audience. And I felt, I felt so naked. I felt so exposed and that was that little girl named Sicily that came up to me and she was crying and makes me ah makes me very ah sorry okay. <laughs> so, it's okay sorry makes you emotional too yeah sorry don't make some me cry <laughs> sorry sorry <laughs> but anyway um
4: So, oh my gosh!
2: But it just it touched me in such a way that it kind of validated what I was saying. That it was um sorry, this is so dumb. Sorry, that it validated the work that I was doing. That to to touch people and for people to relate, Mm -hmm. and that was the gift that she gave me because I needed it right after because I was like. Oh my God. Oh my God. I feel so, I feel so exposed right now. I don't feel, I, I, you know, I, I didn't feel good, you know, but then after doing it, it just, thank you. It was this sense of like, like I was doing something right and it felt really good and it feels good to get that, you know, to get these kids, not even just kids, but just people in general that can relate, you know, and say, me too, me too, that happened to me. So anyway, sorry.
0: Um, So yeah. (laughs) That's that's such a beautiful memory to share, thank you.
2: Thank you, sorry.
0: (laughs) Jeffrey, how about you?
3: Uh, One of my favorite memories is I I was the understudy in a show and uh, back in the day, you just called in at half hour and the stage manager said, you're good, you can do whatever you want, go. So I called in, said, okay, go. And all of a sudden my beeper went off. This is the day of the beepers. Beeper. Beeper. My beeper went what off. Is that? I, call, I called in my machine and it's like, call call me. There's a stage manager, call me right away. I called and the, and the lead actor who I was understudying left the stage during the performance.
4: What? And he says, how fast can
3: you get here? And I had a motorcycle at the time. and go, well, I can get there in about 10, 15 minutes. And I, I was doing like 100 miles to get to the theater. I parked in the alley. I was running through the lobby. There was a costumer that was helping me take off my clothes, putting on the costume. As soon as I hit the stage, they started the second act. So wow. that night, they saw the the, the lead actor. Then they, the assistant director was in the house. So he went on book to finish the first act. And then I wow. I completed the play. So that night, that audience, and only two people left out of a packed house, saw three different people play that same uh character so but that was just one of those things you say that you do as an understudy that that happened that's that makes theater magic being live
2: wow I I know what happened to that punk
3: he's still
0: around who is it (laughs) tell us tell us tell us (laughs) us. say it when he writes his tell all book and then he's like (laughs) I'm there (laughs) Sandra what is your favorite theater memory
5: well Maria made me cry no I I have so many but This is tied together. I grew up in Laredo, Texas. There's not, in the 70s, was not a lot of theater, but the little theater. But my mother made it a business to like subscribe to like the Civic Center. Like they had touring companies of like ballet and like like musicals. And I saw Heidi. And I was all, I want to do that. And then I saw West Side Story. And I'm like, what? Like my mother and I would dress up and like go to the theater together. And I was like, I want to do that, I must have been 12. I need to do that. And then I started auditioning for the for the little theater, but my mother was always very supportive. So that's my favorite, but it comes full circle that I'm telling my story about her, that I'm, and it makes me very emotional also because she put in so much, so much investment in me, you know? Yeah. Um, to keep her memory alive still my mom passed so but for so me sorry. To, to venerate and 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 just be so um bring her back bring life. her keep the memory yeah. alive and say thank That's you amazing. still that now I'm doing my, I'm you know 50 how many years later okay. 40 something I'm not, <laughs> hey, I'm not ashamed of my age I'm not ashamed <laughs> at all this is what 57 looks like
0: yeah I won't believe uh, it, but...
5: uh I love my life and I love mm-hmm how I've evolved. and so my mother was so such a pivotal person to start um developing who I really am and what I'm here for. And so for me to to be the example of what she invested and all the sacrifices she gave and that she even gave birth to me <laughs> is amazing to me that I that that's my favorite memory from that from the beginning to now. And so on stage, I'm like, this is for my mother. And this is what she made, basically. Mm-hmm. So if you like me, I guess you like her too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Plus I look just like her, but anyway. Oh. Diana, go ahead, do you want a Kleenex?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Diana, to wrap us up, what is your favorite theater memory?
4: I feel like mine is not gonna be as deep as theirs. <laughs> um, I had a, uh, I had a, um, sorry, seen a lot of theater i've been a theater person for a long time Sorry, i've seen a lot of theater i seen seen of theater. theater is is i'm a theater person let's say and um but it all began when i went to radio city music hall to see um dream girls mm, and yes. um i remember sitting in the audience and in this beautiful art deco uh, theater and the production was so beautiful and just so well done. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm conflating two things. It was actually the the Christmas special. I apologize. Radio City Christmas
0: Spectacular?
4: It's Christmas Spectacular, yes. I put two, two shows together. I apologize. But anyway, I was very young and I saw I saw the, the show. I was basically a kid. And I thought, I, there's got to be a way that I can be part of this. Somehow, this is where I belong. I knew it. And so Radio City Music Hall became this thing for me. And then uh, in 2007, I think I was touring with Margaret Cho, and uh, when I looked at where we were going, one of the places was Radio City Music Hall, and I thought, I can't believe it! I'm actually here, and uh, I was part of a, a we were part of a bigger show. Um, So it wasn't just her, but we did a number um, and I was off stage, you know, in the back waiting for our time and I went, oh my gosh, this is my dream come true. You actually say, you actually make a decision and it actually happens, right? And then I forgot all of my lines (laughs) and I was panicking and I was having like like a gagging feeling, like I was like, because I was so scared because I had realized how important this moment was. And um, Margaret put her arm around me. And in that moment, I said, I have to be ready for her. And that's when I came back and I was back and I had a great performance. So
0: yeah. That's amazing. Love oh, my- the place is spectacular. Yes.
2: I was named Maria after the West Side Story. So there you go. Really? I really was. The West Side Story? The West Side Story. Oh. The OG. Is
5: really? that different yeah.
2: from regular West Side story? Yes.
0: Okay. I thought it was
5: how do you solve a problem like Maria? No, that's what I meant.
2: Sorry. That's what I was named after.
0: Okay. I adore that. <laughs> Another compilation. Yeah.
2: Uh-
0: <laughs> Are there any other productions or projects that any of you have coming on the pipeline that we might be able to plug? Um,
2: I can't say the actual name of it quite yet. I know I can't say, but it is going to be, um, it's an Amazon show that I'm, am a series regular on and it will be, um, coming out in March of 2023 for Amazon. Mm. So, and then also season four of Tacoma FD. So that will be, I believe in January.
4: So you can catch me on that too.
0: Yeah.
4: I have a number of projects, uh, but uh, right. none can be discussed yet. It's it, <laughs> I told you that I do a lot of theater. Anyway. Um, uh, I'm sorry. Do you do it? <laughs> no, she said, but on a theater uh, person. But if right. Diana Yannis.com. That's the best way to find out what I'm up to. Or Instagram, Diana Yannis Show.
5: I am hosting the Creating Change Conference in San Francisco in February, and I'm very proud of that. I've hosted it the last two years virtual because of COVID but now I'll we'll be hosting the Creating Change Conference in San Francisco in February. And in April, I will be in the, at Zachary Scott Theater in Austin, playing uh, in the play called Roe, as in Roe v. Wade. Yes! I'll play Roe's girlfriend. Um, and yes. so we were gonna do that in 2020, and then COVID hit and Roe is coming back at the Zachary Scott Theater in Austin, Texas. Um, and I'm very proud of that because it's Texas. <laughs> and we're doing an amazing important play so yeah i'm excited about those projects
0: jeffrey anything else with you well uh, there's
3: just you know my theater company we 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 have two seasons we have our spring season our fall season and we usually do one of our uh in-house plays so uh and i got some various television stuff that's Oh in the yeah,
5: that's can, right. can you say no you can't yet?
2: Yeah.
3: Huh? What big sky and yeah.
2: um, and can and station 19? Yeah.
0: Amazing. Yeah. My last question real quick is if our listeners want more information about Latina Christmas Special or about any of you, or they want to reach out to you, how can they do that?
4: I, I would say to just make it simple, latinachristmasspecial.com. And if they click on about, there is, there is I think, uh, creative. And in the creative, we list our, our um, social yes. media handles, and there's bios about us as well.
5: Are all our, yeah, Yeah. websites on there? Yeah, cool. Yeah, okay. But my website's welovesandra.com, just, you know. But mine is mariannreffel.com,
2: just so that you know.
3: And we hope, Andrew, that we, we get to see you in New York when we're there.
2: I know.
0: Will
2: yes. we? Yeah. Yes. I know. Are you? Yeah. You better wait after so we can
0: all bombard oh. you with hugs and kisses. Oh my gosh, absolutely. I, I'm coming to the show and I'm not leaving without saying hello. Anytime I interview a guest, I'm I'm always the one that's like, I'm showing up, we've talked. I'm definitely gonna say hi. Don't you know who I am? Family, okay. no. Don't you know who I am? <laughs> okay. Diana, Maria, Sandra, and Jeffrey, thank you so much for taking the time to sit with me and just I mean, brightening my day up, getting me so excited about this show. It has been an absolute joy speaking with you. Thank you all so much.
2: Thank you, Andrew. We had an amazing time with you.
0: My guests today have been the writers and performers, uh, as well as the director of the upcoming show, Latina Christmas Special, Diana Yanez, Maria Russell, Sandra Valls, and Jeffrey Rivas. Uh, And Latina Christmas Special is playing December 7th through 11th at Soho Playhouse, Tickets and more information can be found at latinachristmasspecial.com. Get your tickets now. I know I'm going to be, so hurry up, because I bet this thing sells out and you don't want to miss it. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones.
3: Unwrap your candies.
0: And keep your
2: masks on. And keep talking about the theater. In a
3: stage
4: whisper. Thank you.
1: If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe.
0: You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Stage Whisper Pod.
1: And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at StageWhisperPod
0: at gmail.com. Our theme song is DJ by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar, Juanitos, and Billy Murray.